so me and my friends really wanted to go see Sublime. And okay. so it wasn't Sublime, it was Sublime with Rome, but you know, mm. it just, that's how it is right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Rest in peace. So me and my friends are trying to go to the Sublime concert, but we didn't want to pay because we were high school punks. So um, we snuck all the way to the back of the venue, like mm. this dirt hill area with like a gate and there's security like guarding this gate. And people are just jumping over this fence to get into the concert because it was an outdoor concert. So they're jumping over the fence and then like security's like, who was that? Like, if you wrap them out, we'll let you in for free. So like a couple of my friends jumped over the fence and got in, but then me and like my other friend, we were just stuck there kind of watching from a distance and trying to figure out how to get in. So we start just like kind of giving up and we just go for like a little walk. And then we find this hole in a gate and we literally just, it's like a tiny hole. We just shove ourselves in and then we just walk straight into the concert. Like we didn't even have to jump in or anything. So that's, I guess a, a good memory I have with music is <laughs> yeah. I okay. I honestly expected that story to go out a different way. I thought you and your friend ratted out your other two friends to the cops, and you could get in for free and then kick them out. You know that would have been a good idea. <laughs> in now, hindsight, yeah, we just found a hole. Yeah, I mean, still, you found a hole. You went to the Sublime concert. That's pretty yeah. sick. I know. I'm surprised we like fit because if like we were any bigger definitely wouldn't fit in the hole. Nope. Well, there you go. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Soundtracks of Our Lives. It's Rylan, your host, again. And today, all the way from California, we mm-hmm. have Reagan Lynch with us. Hi. How do you feel? Are you excited? I am so excited. I love music, and I love having a good time. And that's exactly what's going to happen. Exactly. That's always what happens with us. We just have a good time, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, Reagan and I... We've known each other for a little while now. Well, I know her from Columbia College, Chicago. We both go to school there, both in the same major. That's how we met. Um, We had some classes together. And yeah, I mean, it was just history from there. Yeah. But before we actually get started, I will give you the time now to formally introduce yourself to our guests. Sure. Yeah. um, My name is Reagan as Rylan said earlier, and I am a audio engineer. I'm also a musician and currently in college, currently studying music and hoping to go someplace far with that. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, we've had a lot of fun times, especially in our sophomore year. Um, yeah. When we took, you know, our music recording one class, you know, just go in and record. Yeah. And 
yeah, we ended up being lab partners and we just had fun with it. Mm-hmm. Late night sessions in the studio the day before trying to mic test everything we could. <laughs> yeah. Oof. I thought that big Thanksgiving, like pre Thanksgiving session that we did mm-hmm. too. That was mm-hmm. super fun. Yeah. So as you know, this is the soundtrack of our lives. It's your life told from the perspective of music. So basically what you were listening to throughout, you know, your life. So from the early years when you were really young all the way to now. So let's start by going back in time. So, you know, set the scene, take me through the music that you were listening to, you know, back when you were really young, earliest memories of music Mm -hmm. and, you know, what influenced you or who influenced you and pretty much how. Yeah. So I grew up in a musical family. Um, So my dad was playing guitar when I was really little, little. Um, He's always playing like some kind of acoustic classic rock. Mm -hmm. Um, He still plays all of the songs to this day, you know, like he's very stuck in his ways with um, what he plays. But like ever since I was little, like I knew that I wanted to do music because I was consistently surrounded by music. So Mm -hmm. I was always listening to like Led Zeppelin and the Eagles and the Beatles. Um, and then on my mom's side, she listened to like a lot of like 80s pop, like The Cure and Tears for Fears. And then also just some weird stuff. Um, like my parents would put on like weird Latin jazz and Brazilian jazz um, mm-hmm. and then some Bob Barley mixed in there. So I think growing up, I got a really good diverse picture of music when I was really little. And then moving into like middle school and high school, I started doing choir and that just kind of opened up a whole new world where I learned to love musical theater and classical music and jazz and um, really just beautifully composed pieces. Wonderful. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of the same stuff with, you know, a lot of our parents. We, Mm -hmm. We basically grew up with, you know, those huge 60s to 70s to 80s classic rock or pop or R&B influences. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one thing I find really common um, when people talk about their tastes in the past. Were there any like places or something like that that influenced you? Um, I mean, like being in Cali, that must have been like a huge thing for you because again, that's also a really diverse musical landscape. Yeah, so um, I mean, we always have... Um, at least in my town, like little festivals that are going on. So there's always live music, whether it's um, in bars or like at these festivals. Um, We also have a lot of concerts that are happening about an hour or so from LA. So you can always find a concert if you're looking for one. Mm -hmm. And I think where I just got all of my music diversity is just from my choir. I was in a really, um, a really good choir for high school. Um, and my teacher really pushed us and he gave us a lot of great opportunities. You know, um, we got to be able to travel doing music at mm. such a young age is really awesome. Very cool. And then were there any like, you know, specific memories or styles that you were exposed to? Cause I know you talked about the weird Latin jazz or Brazilian jazz that, I mean, doesn't seem to like fit in with more of the classic rock and pop. Mm-hmm. that you grew up on? Were there any other styles or genres that you were exposed to and you just grew accustomed to? 
Yeah, I mean, I spent a lot of time as a kid in Mexico, too. So I got a ton of like Latin pop um, influence. And I mean, even living in California, like we have a very large Latino population here. So it's kind of all around. And I don't know what else to say. <laughs> um, I guess if you want specific like examples of like a specific place in high school and I keep referring back to it but I just had a really good um, high school experience we got to sing a lot in these beautiful cathedrals all over the world from like Canada to France to Germany um, that was just such a special moment being able to um, feel talented musicians around you I guess and then be in such a sacred amazing space um, it just like gives you goosebumps yeah yeah <laughs> Of course. I mean, choir music in the cathedral, you can't get more pure and natural than that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned your parents, you know, listening to the Eagles, the Beatles, um, Led Zeppelin, and basically all the 70s and 80s, classic rock and mm-hmm. sometimes hard rock. Did any of that make its way down to you as well? Like, did oh, yeah. some of it, I mean... Were there any differences between what you and your parents listened to or were there any similarities? Well, I guess currently I'm actually like returning to all of that classic rock because I'm trying to find influences in my own music. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm actually finding influences in a lot of music that is current that's from classic rock. You know, we are, we're always drawing influences from other artists, but it's yeah. cool to see like, instead of me listening to you know, the current music, trying to figure out like how they're doing it, listening to the artists before them. So I diverged a little bit from their taste. Um, I love like Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix was a big influence for me and my dad never really listened to him. And um, the Beach Boys, I've been listening to them a lot. Um, What else? I mean, CCNR. I really like CCNR. And then my dad and I have this huge division. He loves Morrissey, but I love the Smiths. So Ooh. yeah, it's funny. Ooh, that's a to- big divide. Yeah. That division. Exactly. That's really weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the Smiths is better. <laughs> I think I'll agree with it. Yeah. The Smiths. I mean, I think just the added benefit of Morrissey and Johnny Moore. You mm-hmm. can't go wrong with that exactly johnny moore is a legend mm-hmm. i love him yeah so it's pretty much like a little different as well yeah from. yeah so and i mean and different at the same time mm-hmm. and i was gonna say like i listen to a ton of jazz and my parents don't really touch jazz like they mm-hmm. listen to like that weird latin stuff but it was more um a cd that they bought at starbucks <laughs> right so it wasn't it's was, like they would just have the one and they would just yeah. like, put it in whenever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was um not much like exploration in there but mm-hmm. it definitely it got the wheels to start turning yeah. um to start looking into different music genres and world music and that holds a very special place in my heart right now <laughs> well, i mean were there any other like world music things that you listened to or was it like mostly i mean because you said it like opened up your you know, mind to different kinds of genres and, you know, different regions in the world. Were there any other world music 
styles that you would listen to? I mean, yeah, I just finished a class um, last semester on Latin. Oh my gosh, it's such a long name. Latin Afro American music. I think I probably butchered some of that, but it was a really interesting class and it went through all the Afro Latin Caribbean music. There we go. It went through all the different styles um, throughout the Caribbean and oh my gosh, there's some cool stuff going on like Calypso, Shoro, Samba, all of that, like that's not normal and, or not normal, but not commonly heard, you know, in America. Yeah is so cool like it's just what they do with the rhythms and like what they i i love the spirit of like just having everyone come in right just mm-hmm. having the whole family play an instrument it's something that we really do lack here in america yeah definitely i mean yeah you're right calypso and the samba and everything that's mm-hmm. it's such good music um we should got more recognition here yeah because, I mean, it is a great genre to listen to. I mean, I'm not, I've not met a lot of people that actually listen to it. But now I have you who does. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. Get on it. Expand your oh, music yeah. taste. <laughs> exactly. And this is part of why I started this too, you know, because everyone has their own different tastes. Mm-hmm. And by listening to this podcast, being exposed mm-hmm. to these different styles and all these different genres of music again will just open up your mind to try new things and hopefully people find like new and interesting um styles to follow and then just keep digging further and further down the rabbit hole and before you know they'll have so much stuff to listen to yeah i mean one style can definitely lead to another and like you said a rabbit hole i mean that's how i found all my favorite musicians is I found one musician and then I got a recommendation for another musician and then friends told me about this musician and it all started from, you know, one style. Right. Like yeah. one style or even just one artist, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it, you go one artist and you go into who that artist is influenced by. Yeah. And then you look at who those artists were influenced by and it just opens up this brand new world for you. Mm-hmm. Well, love it. I didn't want to move on because you talked about, you know, your earliest memories and you talked about middle and high school as well, mm-hmm. you know, being with the choir and everything. Yeah. Were there any pivotal moments in your life where music played an important role? So it could be like a coping mechanism to help you through a rough time, or it could be an escape to just, you know, take you out of that rough time. But basically, were there any moments like that where you felt music was a helping hand to get you through that time? Yeah. Oh, of course. Um, I mean, I think as a musician, I'm naturally like empathic, always hyper feeling (laughs) and music kind of still is my only like coping mechanism. I think specific times like in middle school, um, my family was just going through a really dark time and I didn't like have a lot of support around me in school or anything. And so I started songwriting and still to this day it feels like once a song is written once a song is out like i feel like it's finished you know the situation is like it might be still like going on but the emotional trauma from it is gone like the book right. is closed yeah. um 
yeah, I've always used music if I need to feel a certain way, like if I've been holding in some kind of emotion, I'm going to play a sad song, you know, and I'm going to use it to help me get through it. Or, I mean, the other way around, if I'm like upset and I want to snap out of it, I'm going to play a happy song and right. I'm going to like awkwardly dance around my bedroom or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, anything to get you out of that funk, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's pretty much music was like a cathartic tool for you. Oh, yeah. Right. Especially with the songwriting part of it, because I know a lot of people rely on music itself and stuff that's Mm -hmm. already out. I love that you found songwriting to actually, you know, help you through that Mm -hmm. and help take you out of that funk. Not so much just listening to the music, but actually writing it yourself and actually putting down, you know, your thoughts and pouring out your soul on paper. Yeah. Very cool. I mean, I wanted to touch a little more on the songwriting and stuff so you know how it got started was you went through some dark times and stuff how do you feel like your songwriting has evolved based on your emotions from then to now um well it's gotten a lot better (laughs) (laughs) since middle school um i think i've definitely become a lot more lighthearted and joyful in my songwriting Mm -hmm. i always try to have like a message or a story that's what i really love about songwriting is like I can tell a full story about either a situation I'm going through or give advice for other people. I love giving advice. I love helping people as much as I can. And if I can do that through my music, I feel like that's a job well done. So songwriting for me has really just given me an outlet. um, One to like share things with other people. Like when I share my music with other people, I feel like it helps them understand me more. And when like other people hear my music, I guess. um, I don't know where I'm going with this. Yeah, I'm done with my thought. (laughs) Yeah, no worries. I mean, it's basically like a window to your soul, your songwriting, right? Basically by you putting it out there, other people Mm -hmm. peak and it's like an icebreaker too. So, yeah, you know, it's like a two-way street. You, you know, project your thoughts into music, release it out into the world. Other people hear it. Maybe some relate to those same thoughts. And then right there, you've got a back and forth or rapport with another person. Yeah. And the ironic thing is like, I don't write really for other people. I, I write for myself, mm-hmm. right? But I still write in a way where it can help other people. Even like if it is my personal message that's going out there, like I mm-hmm. still want it to be relatable and I guess supportive. Like I want people to feel better after they listen to one of my songs. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's true with a lot of songs, if not all. Mm-hmm. It's that, you know, no matter how personal the song is to the writer, um, someone, like some other person will always find a way to relate to it or really know what that writer was going through when they wrote the song. And I think that's how they find that relatability. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I mean, I've heard your song, like, because again during those sessions that we record and stuff we I mean you recorded your own music yeah oh my god that was so much fun yeah we just you know recorded a song well you recorded a little bit of a song that you were thinking about and then recorded guitar part vocal part and then we wanted to do like a full harmonious kind of thing yes it was a lot in a very short amount of time (laughs) it was a lot but I think I mean we got some stuff done so Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I was on a mission. Yeah, I think we're pretty successful with that. Mm-hmm. How about this? Because sometimes music can enhance even the most insignificant of days. Mm-hmm. You know, it could just be like a neutral day. You're not, you know, doing much. You're just like lazing around, whatever. But yeah. the right song comes on and, you know, you just like take a step back, take in everything. Um, did you ever have that moment where the perfect song came on and you were just transported or you just, um, like I said, took that step back and took it all in? Yeah, there's, um, so I used to listen to emo music. I guess I still do, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but there's a band called Modern Baseball and they're really good at that. They write in a way that, um, really does put you in their shoes, right? Mm -hmm. Um, it's very funny but also there is like a tinge of like sadness to it and um every time I put on an album by them I feel like I'm transported at least like back to college because a lot of their music they wrote when they were in college and it has you know stories about them like getting drunk and falling in love with girls and um having like that full dumb but funny college experience and Mm -hmm. on a good fall day if you put one of their albums on you do feel like you're kind of in that happy-go-lucky world yeah it's probably the nostalgia because you said like you said they wrote that when they were in college so listening to that and going through those experiences that they went through Mm -hmm. there is something like really relatable and I think the connection there is what makes the music so impactful right yeah yeah exactly we'll move on to now so we talked about your past Mm -hmm. right with everything from your earliest memories to middle school to high school but now we're going to move to the present and quite possibly the future as well so i wanted to talk about your evolution of music taste you know from the past to now what changed did your music taste change a lot or a little if it changed at all um and how did it change yeah i think my music taste has gone very drastic in middle school i was like listening to emo music and then like 90s pop and now i mean i guess i am still listening to a lot of pop but i've definitely um tried to like go more towards the weird so like smiley smile by the beach boys I guess that's a little more towards the weird. It's a pretty good album. Yeah. Um, And I mean, I like, I've been digging Chon lately. Chon's been really interesting and weird and different. Um, (laughs) And also I've been like really um, into bedroom pop. I like a lot of these artists that are coming out right now that are doing just weird jazz funk stuff. I eat that up. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that's just coming from a place of comfort, maybe because I grew up with all these like weird, yeah. funky, like 70s acoustic and classic rock bands. And they are finding their way back into the bedroom pop scene right now. So mm-hmm. I say like, I've evolved away from the emo scene away from mm-hmm. all this very harsh intense music to this very happy lighthearted, and funny music i've been listening to a lot of songs that just like make you kind of laugh because these musicians are freaking hilarious i love it what recommendations then do you have for some of these artists like which ones you know fit that 
in a veteran pop or the funny, witty kind of yeah. song style? I would say Rex Orange County. He's been around for a while, but he really does write to, I don't want to say the common person, but he kind of does. He always writes about some kind of heartbreak mm -hmm. or some kind of love situation. I think we can all relate to that. Mm -hmm. um, but he does it in a way that feels very raw, doesn't feel cheesy, and it's very just organic. And even though it, it does have a lot of melancholy to it, he makes it sound joyful. Another artist that's kind of along those lines is Mac DeMarco. Yeah. Um, most of his like older albums, like Salad Days and mm -hmm. um, or This Old Dog, both those albums have a lot of like emotional highs and emotional lows, but they're all right. very simplistic. Like, I guess I've I've gone from like to like what my parents listen to to what's truly like my own and what's really mm -hmm. cool for me and a lot of that is just this really simplistic music that sounds really complex so it's pretty much like simplistic minimalistic yet complex so like yeah kind of stripped down in a sense but really not because of the complexity of the intricate you know melodies and rhythms and everything within the song itself yeah yeah i think of um fleet foxes yeah. like most of the time it's just like a group of the guys doing really tight harmonies with like some big toms and mm -hmm. some acoustic guitars but man it's so full it's so full it and so beautiful and like you can tell that everything's been thought of not one thing is misplaced in their music oh yeah it's completely intentional like yeah. even in the production sense like just the right amount of effects or anything that they use mm -hmm. you can tell it's purely intentional just by the way it sounds on their records. Yeah. Have you heard their new record? I have heard bits and pieces. Yeah. I don't really want to say my opinion on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, well, I feel like they have gone a little mainstream, which is all right. They have an audience they have to serve and keep happy. Mm -hmm. But I really do like their first and second album. It sounds very medieval and has very mm. cool parallel harmonies, which I yeah. appreciate. Yeah, I feel like they've, I mean, they've turned away yeah. from their earlier days. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think that leads us well into this next question. I wanted to get your thoughts on the current musical landscape. So how the music industry is working now and how music is being released now. I wanted to get your thoughts on basically what, you like currently about the musical landscape mm -hmm. what you think could improve and where do you think like music's trajectory is heading and where would you like to see it go okay that is a fully loaded question let's yeah. go so let's break it I, down. yeah let's break it down what i really like about what the music industry is doing and i guess music that's coming out in general is there is an abundance of it there's mm -hmm. so much music that's coming out and it's all different and I want to listen to all of it. I wish I had time to listen to all of it. Yeah. Um, and I think along with that, things are very unique in sound design. I think there's a lot of cool pop artists that are um, having either themselves or their producers put together these really interesting sounds that we haven't heard before, combining them with like old gear and new gear and it's a really good feel that we have. I haven't 
been listening to a lot of mainstream pop, so I can't really speak on like that world. I kind of can only speak on kind of the beach rock indie folk yeah. indie world because that's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm wrapped up into. So more uh, of the unknown, more of the independent, yeah. not so much the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I guess from an independent standpoint, I love how all of these talented musicians are coming up and they don't even have to step foot in a studio. It blows me away. It's mm-hmm. really, really neat. Yeah, it's, it's insane to see how far we've come mm-hmm. in you know, the production and the recording sense where before you know you would have to go into the studio and there was a real meticulous process yeah in recording and you know producing and mixing and engineering the records that our parents grew up on and we grew up on as yeah. well and now to see that all of this stuff can be done basically in the comfort of your own home yeah is insane to think about Mm-hmm. And it sounds good, which is yeah. crazy. It sounds really, really yeah, good. Yeah, I think, I think that's the kicker because, you know, people have really harsh opinions about it, you know, recording at home and actually doing the whole process at home rather than an actual studio and stuff. But if it sounds good. Yeah. Kind of hurts because it puts us out of a job. <laughs> that's true. It's so bittersweet for yeah. us because you know, on the one hand, we get really good music we can enjoy and relate to and everything. But on the other hand, career-wise, it's not the best look for us. No, no. And then to answer your second part, what I really wish could change about music currently is I actually want more imperfections. I want to be able to hear, you know, at least one little bad note that a singer has or some kind of... um, acoustic noise from what we're recording. I think we've done a really good job at trying to make everything sound perfect and mm-hmm. it's taking the human element out of it for me. 100%. That's why, yeah, that's why I think I've been chasing after like these old artists. I mean, I'm so enthralled in the like 70s um, acoustic style music, like James Taylor and um, Joni Mitchell. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm kind of chasing after hearing those warm, organic sounds that come from humans that don't come from machines. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just kind of old fashioned, but that's something that I think would be really neat if we intentionally started putting back into our music. Right. And I think that plays into more of the minimalistic yeah. thing as well, right? You know, just yeah. a minimalist way of recording and producing that music where it doesn't sound overproduced. It doesn't sound too perfect it has that human element. And I think that human element, like those little imperfections could bring out the true emotion of the music itself. Yeah, I mean, we do so much when it comes to mixing to fix the dynamics, either like adding or taking away. And I mean, if we think about like jazz and choral music, that's supposed to happen naturally. There's no adding or cutting or EQing or anything insane to change these organic sounds when you're mixing. So yeah, going back to that would be really awesome. And then in the future, where I want music to go. Um, I mean, I, I think mean, you kind of touched on that, like with this, right? Just yeah. the more you want more imperfections, you want that raw element or mm-hmm. that raw emotion projected a little bit more. 
Yeah, I'm really excited to see what the next genres are that come out though. I yeah. think for the last couple of years, we've been playing it safe. I, I just feel like I keep like hearing the same stuff over and over again and I wanna hear something really funky and weird. And, and unique and just, unique. Yeah. yes, yeah. I think that might happen sooner than we know. Just because I feel like a lot of, you know, styles and genres right now, they're kind of blending. They're kind of, you know, fusing together. Like artists yeah. are kind of fusing them together. Maybe someone, maybe some artist will just look at that template and think of a completely unique way and a completely revolutionary way to combine two different things together. Yeah. We're definitely in the growing phase right now. Yeah, like, definitely. We're still experimenting. Mm -hmm. So final question right now. Um, I wanted to know if you had a genre or style of music that you love, but when other people, you know, just know about you on the surface and you tell them that you like the genre, they would never picture it. So kind of like a guilty pleasure. Like I don't usually use the term guilty pleasure because, you know, if you like it, you like it. Yeah. But is there a style or genre like that where you love it but other people can't picture you loving it yeah i've been playing calypso at work <laughs> and all of my coworkers walk in and they just look at me and they think i'm so weird <laughs> <laughs> but i love it i love it so much it's such happy music yeah i it's feel like so i'm at disneyland it's so great <laughs> I guess we talk about all we want to talk about. I was very enticed by this conversation just because we've bonded strictly through music. Yeah. Um, being in the same major and, you know, recording together and everything. But I never really knew about your past experiences with music and everything. So it was really cool to hear about that. And I love that, you know, you got the chance to share that with, you know, everyone that's listening. Yeah. So right now, then, we're going to go on the emotional roller coaster. It's 11 questions, 11 answers, each pertaining to some form of emotion or another. You know, it could be happiness, sadness, joy, anything. Mm -hmm. You might even get frustrated with me with some of these <laughs> questions because these are hard questions to go through. Some, like some of them are pretty difficult to get through. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like I'm on hot ones. Did yeah. You know that show? yeah. Yeah. That's honestly I I've kind of modeled this mm -hmm. after Hot Ones just cuz I think it's a really similar template that I kind of used. Um mm -hmm. but of course the topic is all different. Which yeah. Is... We're on the emotional roller coaster. We're on the last dab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the last dab. Mm -hmm. Or or you could say this part is Hot Ones in itself you know just like the all yes. the or 11 different sauces and we're just mm -hmm. going through each one 
Yeah. All right. Let's hit it. Let's do it. Are you ready to take this ride? I'm ready to take the ride. Let's go. We'll jump right into number one. Your favorite current artist. I have no notes, so <laughs> I'm, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult, but mm-hmm. I'm going to rapid fire. First artist that comes to my mind that I love to pieces, talked about them earlier. It's Fleet Foxes. Very cool. Do you, I mean, do you have a favorite song of theirs too? Um, that's hard. I mean, I won't, I won't make you choose one if you don't have one off the top of your head, but I mean, Fleet Foxes, again, <laughs> great group. I like Tiger Mountain Peasant Song. There you go. I'll take yeah. it. <laughs> All right. And then right at number two, your favorite artist, but from the past. So someone who isn't, or who could be making music, but already has a well-established career behind them. Led Zeppelin. What's I can't up? fight with them. No. Too I mean, many you hits. <laughs> you can't go wrong with them. Yeah. Too many hits. Every dad's favorite. Can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. I love it. Um, moving to number three, then the last concert you've been to, and your favorite concert that you've been to. My last concert was my favorite concert. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to go see Modern Baseball. Um, wait, no, no, no. I did, that that was a while ago. I went <laughs> to go see Pop. I went to go see Pop, um, and I went with my best friend Mason, and we actually ran into. Um, one of the students at Columbia, Ben, he's in our major and he actually mm-hmm. lives in California and I saw him at the concert. It was insane. And I was wow. crowd surfing and like, oh my gosh, it was just such a good time. They really had a great set. They just came out with a new album mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. Love it. And then that's your favorite concert as well. That's my favorite concert as well. Yeah. I can't wait till we can go see live shows again. Uh, I know. I know. It, it's depressing. It's a little depressing that we can't see live shows. It is. But I mean, yeah, but it's slowly changing. It's slowly changing. We'll be back to true. normal in no time. Yeah. All we have to do is just hope and pray and just it'll sort itself out. Mm-hmm. But I mean, because this weekend they had the Save Our Stages Fest. Mm-hmm. So I watched some of the performances on there because they did them live at these empty venues that oh, are that cool. are probably in the process or about to be like defunct or whatever yeah and you know the whole message was save our stages you know if you could do anything yeah like if you could give anything or spread the word or anything to Mm -hmm. save these smaller venues because i feel like that's where the music really speaks to you so yeah i mean for anyone listening yeah check out because i know they have like all the YouTube performances up there and everything. But yeah, check out the Save Our Stages Fest. I can't remember who's, but I think it was the National Independent Venue Association. I mean, a lot of great artists got their start in these small venues. And I would love to see a lot of newer artists get their start there too. Oh, yeah. But only if you can keep them open. So, you know, do what you can, spread the word. And yeah, that's basically it. We'll get into number four then. One artist you could bring back from the dead, who would it be? It would be Bradley from Sublime. Rest mm-hmm. in peace, Bradley. But man, what a talented musician. He just has a way of um, singing and writing songs that are political, but important and does it in a lighthearted way. 
it's about the message pretty much. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. And then number five, the number one song we would find on your road playlist. Uh, why you gotta ask that? There's See? too many songs. This is this is where that frustration sets. Now out. it's getting frustrated. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, well, do I choose an old song or a new song? I'll give you three. If you can't wake up your mind. Three? Oh, I can yeah. totally do three. Yeah. Um, my favorite song right now is Goody Bag by Still Woozy. Okay. Oh my gosh, what a vibe. What a funky song. Um, and then Ain't No Mountain Higher, because you can't go wrong with that. Oh, that's just a classic. Such a classic. And then I'll meet in the middle and do a Mac DeMarco song. Probably like Freaking Out the Neighborhood or something along yeah, those lines. Yeah, I was lines. thinking that too. I think that's if you're thinking about Mac DeMarco, I think that's the more upbeat, like, road yeah. trip song, you know, mm-hmm. that you would play and you could just jam out to. Yeah, that's like, come on, boys, let's ride. Like, exactly. Let's pack in the car and, like, hit the freaking boonies. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And then we'll move to number six. Your least preferred genre or style of music. I don't like trap. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't like anything about trap. It seems, like, very... I'm just going to roast real quick. I'm sorry for the trap lovers. Oh, go for it. No, hot take. Yeah, hot take. It's very tasteless, I guess, and thoughtless. Um, Seems like a bunch of producers sitting in a studio, putting some beats together, and then having a hype man say, yeah. I mean, you say it's like uninspired almost. Yeah, yeah. It feels very much like formulaic and... Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with having a formula, but I'm very into organic acoustic instruments. Um, even like synthesizers, like having analog synthesizers. I really, yeah. I like the warmth that that brings. And even like the message of a lot of trap music feels very cold. Unfortunately, it's just maybe one day, but at the moment, I'm good. I'm so good. <laughs> yeah, it's just not for you. Everyone has their own, you know, niche or style that they want to expand on, but everyone has that one style that they stay away from. So there you go. Um, And then number seven, a song that can make you cry instantly or just like hit you in the feels instantly. Um, Okay. Actually, can I say two songs? Yeah. Because I listen to a lot of music that makes me cry. Okay, so I'm going to say two songs. (laughs) No, we all. Um, Yeah. Deep Blue Sea by Grizzly Bear. Mm -hmm. And... um, I think it's Last Words of a Shooting Star by Mitski. They're both very, yeah, it's only guitar and singing. And I, I like the, um, I'm going to keep saying it, but I, I love the organicness and the rawness. And it really just puts you in the feels. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. And then on the flip side of that, number eight, a song that you can't stop dancing to or that you just feel extreme happiness and jubilation when you listen to it i'm looking for it it's a michael jackson song and i don't know the name of it (laughs) you know the one that's like it's all about the boogie but it's michael jackson you know the name of that song oh um i'm looking it up right now jackson blame it on the boogie yeah blame it on the boogie by michael jackson or i guess the jackson five jackson yeah that is the jackson's so good that's such a good song Yeah, any funk song I can get down to. Mm-hmm. Um, and any 90s hip-hop and 90s pop I can get down to. I think 90s hip-hop, again, the sampling they use is just so funky. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, and Poison, I really like that song too. Yeah. Awesome. Do you know, take away from the music a little bit, from the street yeah. music a little bit. Going to number nine, your favorite movie soundtrack and score. Yeah. So I'm actually in a composition class right now, mm-hmm. which is um, really interesting, kind of breaking down how music can either push a scene forward or break a, um, take you out of a scene, I guess. Um, yeah. It can build emotion or bring it back down. Right. And yeah, so from that, I've had to like analyze a lot of different music. And I really like actually the soundtrack from Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> like, I think they really do a good job of like making that atmosphere of one like that old timey pirate feel and two like action and adventure yeah Uh, and i think it really does do a good job of supporting so i guess that's my favorite score and Mm -hmm. then soundtrack i like everything from tangled (laughs) i i can't fault you on that yeah tangled itself is just a great great movie and the Mm -hmm. music is just beautiful as well yeah, it's really cute. It's got a great message, and I can sing all of it. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Right, and then number 10, your favorite era of music. So it could be, you know, a span of a decade or five yeah. years or just a couple years. But in your opinion, what was your favorite era where you feel like music was in its golden age or that you felt like everything being released was you know, just hit after hit after hit and was just gold all the way through. Yeah, I mean, the 80s. I love 80s pop and 80s rock. I can't Mm -hmm. get enough of it. Um, From Oingo Boingo to The Cure to everything in between. I vibe very hard, as the kids say these Mm -hmm. days. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. I mean, yeah, you can't fault the 80s, right? Just Mm -hmm. every everything from that era, the pop, the R&B, yeah. the classic rock, and the hard rock, like like the glam metal and the yeah. hair metal stuff. Just yeah, everything. even like the emotional, the emotional ballads too, you know? Oh, yeah. That, that was like the era of the power ballad. It was insane. It really was. It really was. Love it. And then we'll move on to our final question. Your greatest album. So it's an album that you can listen to front to back, you know, yeah. not skipping anything. Basically, it means so much to you. You can never get tired of it or anything like that. So what is that album for you? That album is Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. Oh. Every song on that album is a hit. Yes, and absolutely. Yeah, it's chilling at times. And it's amazing that that album even got finished. But I'm so yeah. glad that it is out there for us to enjoy. I mean, there's so much going on with that album, just mm-hmm. behind the scenes too. Yeah. That, like you said, we you know we're all amazed that it even got released. And with that, we have reached the end of the soundtracks of our lives. Um, um, how do you feel after this exhilarating ride? You know, I feel like. I really was on an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. And that is it. It is the end. Um, thank you so much 
for agreeing to do this. I had a blast. I had a really fun time. Um, again, yeah. it's just good times with us, like us hanging out. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just want to say thank you for hosting and what you're doing is really awesome. Um, I'm really excited to see what's coming out next. And um, I'm really grateful that you had me on today. Yeah, I, I think I had to have you on just because, again, like I said, we shared that bond mm-hmm. strictly through music and I couldn't not have you on. Oh. <laughs> so, awesome. I mean, there you go. But before we actually part ways, I wanted to you know, roll out the red carpet for you. See, this is where Hot Ones really comes in. Yeah, it really is Hot Ones right now. <laughs> um, no, but I just wanted to ask if you had anything to promote, had anything to share, anything you're doing, what you're up to, anything of you know, other people's that you wanted to share, anything, or even recommendations for certain yeah. songs or artists or whatever. This is completely your time, so go for it. All right, it's my time. Um... Yeah, I mean, I do music, but nothing's currently out yet. So I'd say stay tuned, but I don't know what to stay tuned to. Mm -hmm. But I'm just going to leave you with this um, loving advice. If you are a musician, just keep doing your music. Keep creating. Keep, um, you know, meeting with other musicians and keep music going. Um, And even if you're not a musician, find a way to support your musicians, whether you have a child or a friend that's a musician, you know, um, encourage them to put their music out there, encourage them to join a band, um, or even like support, like Rylan was saying earlier, support venues that um, don't currently have musicians there. Keep our artists going, keep the music going, because if we don't keep supporting them, who knows what's going to happen, you know, and music is so valuable and sacred to us that it has to keep going around. So um, I'll leave you with that. Wonderful. I mean, couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, that's really just important, you know, keep music going because it's so vital to our lives as humans that at this point, none of us can picture where we would be without music in the first place. So thank you for that wonderful piece of wisdom. And thank you again for being on. This was just too much fun. (laughs) I loved it. Yeah, it was really awesome. Um, If you're listening, yeah, thank you so much again for listening and supporting this podcast. It means the world to me. It means even more than that. If you're listening on, you know, Spotify, give us a like, give us a follow. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, subscribe and even leave a review i would love to hear what you have to say but this is it thank you thank you so much and um yeah we'll see you next time